You're listening to Love of the Links Golf Radio with your host, PGA professional Brendan Elliott and the Little Linksers crew. Alright, Love of the Links for March. It's the 20th, we have to count backwards from the 20. No, it's the 21st, so count backwards three days from the 21st, four days. It's the, the week 17th. of the 17th. There we go. Week of the 17th. kind of confuses what you were trying to tell me to do. I'm always confused about what I'm trying to say and do. So welcome. Uh, I watched most of the players. Did you watch most of it? I caught bits and pieces here and there, especially on the weekend since I was here at the course mm-hmm. for the weekend. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't quite able to catch the end, but I definitely know that it was... Definitely a good tournament, and it was. I was definitely glad to see that Rory took took it home. I, uh, I'm a Tiger Woods fan. I don't know if you knew this. You are. Yeah. Oh, so weird. usually, when Tiger's not in the hunt in any form or fashion, even if he's playing on the weekend but not in the hunt, I generally tune out. Right. Um, which I'm probably of a large percentage of people that watch anything with him in it, but I watched from start to finish the entire weekend and I I was just that was awesome at one point on Sunday there was like 12 or 13 guys within a shot or two of the the lead so it could have it could have gone anyway and then when it starts to get down to Furyk and Rory right and I said this on the um, the daily vlog thing that I do small bucket you, you get you get a guy that's almost 49. Furyk will be 49 on Mother's Day. And then a guy that's 29. 20 years apart. Still both contending. It's championship. It's Doesn't that say a lot about the game? It does. That's that's the great thing about our game is it doesn't matter your age. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to it, if you can play golf, you can play golf. Mm-hmm. And I tried to make a comparison when I talked about this on on the small bucket, is there another sport that you can have guys 20 years apart, two decades apart, contending to win a championship? I said NASCAR, and I didn't even know with that. Maybe? Uh, NASCAR, maybe. (laughs) I'm also kind of thinking tennis. I mean, yeah. I I get it with tennis. There's there's definitely the endurance thing, but, I mean, Mm -hmm. look at, at, let's say, Federer. He just, he doesn't stop. How how long did Agassi go? And he went pretty deep into his thirties, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Or was he just balding early and he looked older? There might have been a little bit of both. <laughs> I'm not the biggest tennis fan, so I'm not quite sure. Um, but I just found that interesting. If you sat there and and watched that and s- saw that again, two decades apart. Right. It's it's incredible, and 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 it was also funny that you had Furyk against all these Ryder Cuppers from Europe. Rory, uh, fan, Fleet, Fancy Hair. Fleetwood? Fleetwood. <laughs> fancy Hair. And, uh, well, Rom, Rom John Rom. John um, that was pretty cool, too, that the captain took it upon himself to go ahead to with, right. the, with the European Ryder Cup team. But it was an awesome tournament. I'm, I'm glad that they... Um, moved it to March, but I wanted to bring this up and get your opinion. So the move to March, there was lots of reasons for doing that. 
moving the PGA uh, championship, lining up all these big events like the players in March, you got the Masters in April, and you go, you know, all these months in a row, five months in a row with big tournaments. Right. Done by August, the FedEx Cup, everything wraps up. So they're not competing with football and college football and a lot of right. other things. So, so on the surface, everything looked good. But I read an article. Uh, the the gentleman that's the tournament director for the Honda said that it basically screwed them because, well, Rory didn't play the Honda, Tiger didn't, Tiger play, didn't the play the Honda. Honda. Uh, there's a couple other guys in to play the Honda, and it's right in their backyard. Right. So from a scheduling standpoint, these guys don't play every single week. It's just and, – and your elite players definitely don't play every right. single week. So when you've got Honda, Bay Hill, players, Valspar, you're going to have to make some choices. Right. So guys are going to play Arnie's event if, if, if they can. If they can, they're right. going to play because, you know, they're – they're paying homage to him, which is a big deal. But the Honda, there's really nothing, really nothing that's pulling them there to say you kind of need to be here. Right. You know what I mean? And the players, Phil had made comments about if he would play, it's a, but they all play the players' championship because it's their championship. So now I'm reading this article that's talking about how the, the new setup, the new schedule, isn't conducive to all – the Florida swing, and it's and, and it was interesting. I mean, it, it makes sense, of course, but I think that the Honda, it's it's not going to be the same because yeah, there's going to be those players that are going to miss it, mm-hmm. but it's it's not gonna it's still going to be a great tournament. Sure, yeah, and I think that the the players, like in general, the the tour players. They like this schedule change because it does kind of it ends the season a little earlier, and it's it's not quite as jam packed at the end like we've talked about before. The our for the Ryder Cup, mm-hmm. our American players were tired. They were just done. Yeah. For the Ryder Cup because yeah. of how much the golf they had to pack in, mm-hmm. and I, I think a big part of it was the players' opinion on kind of what the schedule should look like. Yeah, and it, and it, it's funny how media shapes stories for the public right and then you get something like this that comes out that makes you go hmm interesting right you know and really it's it's hard look it's hard for me to schedule junior golf tournaments in central florida you know the crap that i've dealt with the last couple about last month or so um because there's just so many things for kids to do now right and you're trying to present the best possible product to them. And a lot of the times, I mean, that matters. They want to play at really nice courses. But in the end, it really comes down to schedules. It does. Their personal schedules. Schedules. And a lot of times, that if that schedule is busy, they're going to choose something closer to them mm-hmm. over a really nice course. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've we've been noticing recently. Yeah, yeah. So whether they're... Ten or number ten in the world, scheduling is definitely something that really dictates everything. Right, and probably more so for the kids than <laughs> the tour pros. Um, another thing I wanted to to get your opinion on. Rory kept talking about the process, 
and building blocks. And I love that because that's just the theme that I have and I know you have. Right. Um, and somebody, I, I can't remember which of the media guys had, had spun it that, I think it was on Golf Channel, that had spun it that Rory has put himself in position X amount of tournaments in a row over the last couple months but hasn't gotten it done. And it didn't seem like it bugged Rory at all. And then he wins at the players. Right. And he said it's kind of this culmination of all the positives, little positives I've been doing along the way. And basically he was saying when it happens, it happens. Right. It, it, it's nice to hear Rory talk like that because in the past it's been kind of the opposite where he he hasn't been kind of towards the top in the last couple of years. He's struggled the last few years. Mm-hmm. And it's it's awesome to see him get back to kind of being who he was and just playing. And I, I didn't get to watch much on Sunday, but I heard that he, he really took on the course. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't afraid of anything. He, he just played his game. He didn't let the moment get to him. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he just trusted his process, and it finally paid off. Yeah, and he had some stumbles in the beginning, uh, but he stayed true to what seems like something that he's been planning and plotting along for a couple months. Um, and I, I just it's a great message for anybody that plays this game and wants to play it at a higher level that you you can't take on everything in one tournament or right. one round. Yep. It has to be something. And I, I say this to the point where people probably want to throw up when they hear me say it, but it's true. It's a process, and you have to work to plan to get to whatever your goals are and then create new goals once you once you reach that. Right. It's, um, it's something I think kids have a hard time understanding because everything's so got to have it right now. It's, it's understanding that the process is like going down a flight of stairs, not going down a slide. Yes. You you got to take each step. You can't just go from top to bottom. You can't just go from oh, I'm doing this to let's win. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to work on each part. Yeah. Whether whatever that might be, each part has a necessary reason to be there. Yeah. And it, it's not like golf's super simple where there's the introduction, the main context and the end, the right. the conclusion. Golf's not like no. that. There's lots of parts in the middle. There's lots of chapters. And you can't skip chapters. Remember those books when we were, when, well, you're a lot younger than me. When I grew up, there's these books called Choose Your Own Adventure, where you read a couple pages and you get to this point in the story where it says, if you want to do this, turn to page 45. If you want to do this, turn to page 55. So you got to That's choose. before my time. Oh, those things are great. Choose Your Own Adventure. But that's really not how it is in, in golf. You have to read all the pages right. to get to the conclusion. Yep. And sometimes when you get to the conclusion, you kind of find out, oh, this isn't quite where I wanted to be, and you <laughs> got to start over again. Right. So start a new book. You, you really got to have a mindset to do anything in this game that, that will allow you not to go crazy right. uh, and just plot along. Yep. And that's that's the secret to golf. The secret to golf. You just heard it. The secret to golf. It's kind of something that I even myself needed here because I've been I've been struggling lately when I've been practicing and like I went to Top Golf the other night and mm-hmm. whew, was it ugly? 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, but, but it was top golf though. Oh, I still had fun. And yeah. I mean, I did what I had to do. I just took out my wedges and started hitting those close targets, but mm-hmm. I I've been struggling lately, so it's it's been a process for myself to kind of go back to the beginning and work on everything from the ground up. Yeah. And slowly but surely I I know I'll get there, but it it's tough to want to work on it when it's this hard right now. Yeah. Yeah, but you're you're deep down you're committed to the game. Right, of course. So, uh you'll you'll find that path and get back on it and start shooting good numbers. Right. And we we've discussed this before with Gary, I think last time that guys like us that have been immersed in this game since a young age, we're in a different position than others because we kind of know that other side of the game, right? The how to play the game, so we can go out on the golf course even when the the technique isn't quite there, and still pull off some decent stuff, right? But I know what you mean, like trying to build up a solid, repeatable swing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it it's it's not like you you figure it out and it's done and over and you got it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Because I've figured it out quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. And then I, for, I forget how to golf again. Yeah. And it happens. No riding but bikes here. It's not riding a bike. It makes figuring it out each and every time that much more better. Mm-hmm. Because it's the aha moment of hitting that, that shot that you remember you can hit. And it's like, oh, it's finally. Mm-hmm. But how's, uh, how's the new equipment treating you? Getting uh, there? It's getting there. That's that's part of the struggle. Um, the the pitching wedge I've been struggling with, and I'm not gonna lie, I have put my old driver back in the bag to go oh, with the new driver. Killing me, because the the new driver just is not cutting it right now. But I'm I'm I didn't take it out of the bag yet. I kept it in the bag. I just added the old stick in just to kind of have them both and kind of see what's different. You thinking it's the shaft? Possibly? I think it probably is the shaft. Yeah. Um. I need to, and even with the irons, I need to do some like loft and lie tape and stuff like that, and kind of just see what's going on because that could be a big part of it is just not having the the equipment tuned the right way. Yeah, and then that's something for any of the listeners that they should take note of is anytime you get new equipment and and if you had anything modified from stock stuff, so you want one or one or two degrees upright or lengthened it or what, right. whatever the case may be. You really need to check that stuff to make sure that it's what what you ordered. And, and I'm not bashing manufacturers. Right. Um, it's just something you need to check, like anything. Each man, I feel like each manufacturer has a different little standard. bit different standard, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, so so go to a go to a, a Golf Galaxy or a PGA Tour Superstore, and they'll they'll let you go in there and, and check stuff and check the loft and lies and don't drive yourself crazy. Right. When you just get a new set and think it's you. That's that's part of the problem right now. Most of the time it probably is you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but checking that equipment and making sure that the specs are good is, is important. And the sh- shafts, people don't understand how much shafts make a difference. Right. Um, a shaft can make all the world a difference on a driver. It's funny because, like I said, I was at Top Golf and I was hitting a few shots and they were they were slicing and going right or... I hate to say this word, but I, I, I did. I shanked a few. And 
there I was with people that don't golf yeah. and they saw my golf ball going right and they were like, Oh, the wind took that one. Oh man. And I bet you said, Yeah. No, I, yeah, I told yeah. them. I was like, No, I mean, yeah, it's windy out there, but no, that was that was my swing. It's just jacked up right now. And they were like, How how do you know? I was like, I've been doing this for a little while, but it's it's a combination of both. Just trust me. You know, it's funny when you go to a top golfer even around a golf and you bring somebody that's not a golfer right for everything that you think is god awful they're amazed oh yeah that, that was quite the case <laughs> and they they were they were in awe of my 100 yard wedge shot that was going nice and high and nice and smooth so i just i just kept pulling the wedge out just kept it looking good what do you normally hit your wedge jordan which wedge your pitching wedge pitching wedge 145, 150? Yeah. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you're 20 years old, my friend. I won't get that old. No. I'm going to be 30 forever. Jordan, Jordan sends me texts, ladies and gentlemen, of uh, videos of him doing backflips. Yes, yes, I did. At, uh, where was it? It was called Boeing. Oh, Boeing. It wasn't Rebounders. No. It was, it was basically a Rebounders, yeah. And every time I get a video of Jordan doing something that young people do. I'm like, you just wait. You just wait till you're my age. Still going to be trying to do it. <sighs> anyway, um, what do you, what do we want to talk about, Jordan, from, a, from a, a standpoint of what can help the folks that listen to us? I think that if, like I've been talking about myself struggling, I think that people that are listening if they're out there just getting started or they've been playing for a little while and they're struggling just go back to the basics mm -hmm. look at your grip aim and setup start with some chipping and pitching and build your swing back up from the ground were you watching my lesson this morning no we were when she got here i said all right we're going to spend half the time on the back just looking at your swing uh and then we'll go do some putting so we go back there she was struggling like crazy i'm like have you practiced in the last week? She goes, yeah, I practiced yesterday. I practiced quite a bit. And uh, I said, all right, anytime that the wheels start falling off and you can't figure it out, exactly what you said. We're going to just do half shots, and you want to feel that club or the ball hit that club face and, and make good, solid contact. Right. And, and she started doing that, hitting little half shots, catching it right square on the face, hitting it out there, you know. You know, right. half shot distance whatever that is whatever she was hitting um, and, and it really is something where people they can go one way or the other when the wheels fall off they can keep trying and getting frustrated with whatever it is they're working on or they can take a step back and do exactly what you just said and just hit some half shots and feel that ball in the club face right just getting back to solid contact mm -hmm. I think I think a big thing even with me is especially with the new equipment I worry about my distances mm -hmm. so with my old clubs I was hitting my pitching <clears> wedge 150, 145, 150 so I think okay I should be able to pick up this new club and hit my pitching wedge 145, 150 and when it doesn't come off the club feeling like it's going that far and mm -hmm. it's not looking the same then people can get kind of down and it's that's what's happened to me is I, I worry about my distances and I just I forget to just play the game. Mm -hmm. Yep. Distance is 
when people concern themselves with how far they're hitting the ball, I think they really do themselves a disservice. I mean, at some point, you need to look at that. Right. Uh, and there's factors that go into that, which which you know, it's club head speed, squareness. I mean, where on the face you're hitting the ball, and there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, but don't let distance, how far you hit it or don't hit it, be an indication of how good your game is. Yeah, exactly. Because, dude, I've had my ass kicked by people that hit it shorter than me, and I'm not very long. <laughs> and then I get discouraged when I go out and play with guys like you, and I right. can't keep up with you. Um, but at the end of the day, I if I stay true to who your I am game. and what my game is, I can definitely put up a number. Right. So I, I think that's that's good advice for people is to just stay true to your your own game and don't try to play up to anybody else's game and and um, you know if things are starting to fall off just don't get back on a, a good path get back on a new, good a new path but don't be don't be afraid to try something new mm-hmm. um, an example I would use is it's been a while but being that I went to the <clears throat> golf academy I wanted to help my dad with his swing so mm-hmm. my dad his swing is the ugliest swing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> All right, it, it it's close to Charles Barkley. Mm. So he aims way left, and he plays a big old slice. Mm-hmm. When all it is is his setup and his swing path. So I, I tried to help him one day, and I I got him almost immediately, kind of swinging out to the right and hitting a draw. And he goes, "Oh, I don't like that," because that's not what he was used to. And he mm-hmm. immediately went back to his old old swing. Yeah, because that's what he knew, and that's what was consistent, and he could control it. But he hit his pitching wedge just as far as his forehand. Mm. So it's been a battle, and I still haven't won this battle, of getting my dad to change his swing and know that it's okay to try new things with your golf swing. What's, uh, what numbers does he shoot? What's a good round for him? Uh, well, normally he plays nine holes. Uh, and I would say he's gotten to be consistent enough that he shoots kind of lower 40s, um, low to mid 40s, but he has... Oh, Forget pretty recently in their last season, he sh- might have shot like a thirty-nine. So that was that was pretty cool to hear. So why do you want to change him, Jordan? Because <laughs> he could shoot even better than that. Because yeah. he's a pretty good putter. Like he, in a scramble, I I would put him on my team for putting. He could shoot better than that if he was dedicated to putting the time. Right. So uh, you you what you're saying, you can kind of go back to the point of just playing what you got. He's not going to put time in the change. Right, he doesn't have the time to put in. And any, if you can shoot low 40s or even break 40. Why change it? Yep. He loves playing, right? He does he love can. playing, yep. So you and I are the crazy ones. You and I are the ones that are like, get pissed off. And right. Throw our clubs in the pond. I've never done I've never before. thrown a club in a pond. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> anyway, um... I wanted to bring this up. I don't know if you had a chance to read the article that I wrote for uh, Golf Range Magazine. I did not have a chance. I saw that you posted, but I have not had a chance to read it. I, I've been so anxious to get this article out here. I submitted that to PGA.com when I was doing some con- contributing to them. Um, and they, they didn't take that article because it wasn't within the style that their readers prefer. E- e- every... I'm finding this out. Every media outlet in the game 
has a different style and, and way of presenting their material okay. for their specific audience. And, and I'm more philosophical, I think, than with the stuff that I write and the right. stuff that I, how I teach. It's, it's far less cut and dry like some of these things want to. So when, when Golf Range Magazine uh, allowed me to do some contributing monthly, um, I really wanted, this is an old article that's been on the shelf that I wanted to get out there. And, and basically the premise of it is you have to keep the love of the game or the passion you have at the game at the forefront regardless of anything else. So if someone is a high, high level golfer, a junior, I focus on juniors, but it's true for anybody. Right. High level golfer, uh, wins tournaments, shoots really good scores for their age. Um, they still have to not get in the mindset of treating it like a job. You know what I mean? Mm. Or, or beating themselves up when they don't do good. They have to love what they do because if you don't love what you do, it's like the people that go to work that hate their job or they fall into that trap where they may like what they do but they hate the job. Right. If you love what you do, put that at the forefront and then you won't hate your job. You know what I mean? Yep. So people lose sight of this all the time and, and they, they beat themselves up and and they just get into this bad frame of mind and golf is extremely mental. Oh, for sure. And and you got to have a passion for what you do. Um, I don't know if you want to speak to that at all, but No, I I, I I would agree with that. I mean it's it's definitely you never want to let something get so I don't even know the word I'm looking for. You never wanna get into something so hard that you lose your passion for it. Mm -hmm. You 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 have that passion for a reason and you're doing it for a reason. So don't let it affect that love for the let's use golf. Don't let it affect your love of the game whether it be you're trying to change your swing or this and that. Always know go back to that thought of my dad used to say a bad day on the golf course is always better than a good day at work. Mhm. Mm and that's something that I, I remind myself on the golf course when I am having a bad day on the golf course is, yeah, it's, I'm playing terribly today, but I'm out on the golf course. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods was an example I used in the original article. It got cut just for reasons of length of story. Um, but I'd wrapped it up originally with, if you keep this stuff in mind, you'll see it on high levels a la Tiger with all the shit that he's been through and trying to get back into golf his mindset has changed where his priorities have lined up the kids are the most important thing to him right golf's still high up on that list but it's funny when he changed his priorities and got his shit together and finally got healthy he had that different did you watch, did you see the clip on the players with him and Kevin Knott? I did I mean, old Tiger wouldn't have done that. There was no way he would have done that. And then I saw something else that some guy posted on Twitter that went viral that made me laugh even more. He bought this T-shirt of Tiger's mugshot, <laughs> and he put himself strategically. You gotta look at this on. It's going making the rounds on Twitter and stuff. Okay. It's a white T-shirt, Tiger's mugshot, just taking up the whole T-shirt. 
and he positioned himself strategically uh, as they come through the 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 runway there from 17 to 18 yep. right up against the ropes so the story is that Duffner and somebody else's caddy saw the guy with it said something back to Joey LaCava so Tiger <laughs> could be ready for it so this guy that did it is a huge Tiger fan. They interviewed him. Huge Tiger fan. But he just wanted to see what, what Tiger's happened. reaction would be. So you watch this video and you see the clip and as Tiger walks by, he just kind of turns and looks and starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it, that's just another example of his right. mindset. So when Kevin Knott did that, which there's there's also on Scratch uh, Scratch Golf, Scratch TV, whatever yep. it is. There's like this, that's not the first time Kevin Nas done that. They've got like this montage right. of him doing it multiple yep. times. Um, so when when he laughed, when Tiger is laughing at that and the crowd is reacting, when Tiger got up over his ball, I said, he's going to do it. And my dad my dad was with me. And, uh, and it, when Tiger did it, I was like, that's was, why he's back. Right. Like he's just in this he's different loose. frame of mind. Yep. And, yeah. He's enjoying it again. You can look at this two ways. The Tiger of 2000 is just not going to happen again. Right. But that Tiger was just, it was a different time. Okay? And it was a mindset that, at the time, he was on all cylinders. He might have had some injuries back then, which apparently he did. Right. But he was young, and he could get through that stuff. This Tiger can't get through that. He's finally admitted to himself he he can't do things the way he used to right so i think by the him having fun and enjoying himself and interacting with the crowd and doing stuff like this i truly and honestly believe this is why he's starting to play better right or this is part of the reason why he started playing yeah. better no i would completely agree because he's he's loose he's enjoying it he's just out there yeah it's he's out there to win but he's right He's also out there just enjoying being able to be out there and competing again because he was away for so long mm -hmm. and or coming back and leaving, coming back and leaving. Yeah. Now he's just enjoying every moment that he can have out there. Yeah. And when I saw that clip of him doing the Kevin Na, I, I laughed so hard. It was, it was And just to see how hard he laughed with Kevin mm -hmm. made me smile because that's like you don't see that on the tour. No. And it was, it was really cool to see. I think it's eye-opening for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is that was one of the things that Tiger's most known for in his prime was just feeling like ice water in the veins and, and stomping on his opponent's right. neck and, and being a dick, basically, to, in order to be the best in the, on the planet. Right. Um, but when he's the one showing this type of, you know, outgoing, positive-type vibe on the golf course in competition, it may speak volumes to some of the other guys out there right. to do the same. Yep. And, and I think the success that the tour has going forward, the product is the players. Oh, for sure. The, the characters, the, the Ricky Fowlers and the Spies. But when you get a guy like John Rahm, and I'm not bashing John Rahm because I think he's a fantastic player, but when you're throwing temper tantrums, and even Sergio. And Sergio, yep. by the way, is my pick for this week at uh, Valspar. I think he had his little tantrum. I think he learned from it. Right. And did you see what he did at TPC earlier in the week in the practice round? 
he helped set up uh, a guy engaged or uh, oh, I think I did see proposing that. Yep. to his girlfriend on the seventeenth yep. green. Sergio was involved in that, and and Sergio has that fun-loving right. attitude, which you don't see all that much. Um, but I, I think people learn from stuff. Kuchar learned from his mistakes with the whole caddy deal. Right. But Kuchar's always had that fun-loving attitude. Yeah. Yep. Um, He's always got that big smile on. But you know the 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 tour. The tour needs to embrace their players, which they do for sure. Um, but loosen up a little. Right. Like for for example, T, the uh, TPC uh, Scottsdale, the seventeenth hole. Awesome. You know the par three. Yep. Tournaments need to do that type of stuff. Right. Make it appropriate, of course. Right. But um, it's it's fun, and and then you kind of get that at Sawgrass too. Yep. That that same feel. Yep. Have you gone up there for the tournament before? I'm not. So I went up a couple of years ago with my wife and my dad, and we were hung out on 16, 17. Uh, it's like a big area. You just sit on the on the grass. Yep. You can watch them come up 16 and 17. What a stretch of holes, man! 16, 17, the 18. It's got to be one of the best finishing stretches because 16 you can you can throw in an eagle like that. Right. Um, and then 17, you can make a 7 or <laughs> 1. Can, right, yeah. <laughs> Drop two golf balls in the water yep. or make a birdie. Oh, Jesus, that made me think of one more thing. Rules thing. And we'll, we'll wrap this up here in a second. So when Tiger, you, um, obviously you saw Tiger hit the two balls in the water. So the first ball he hits in the water, it landed on dry land and then trickled off the back. So I'm like, oh, he can drop up there and nobody said anything he goes to drop area dunks it again and nobody says anything but later in the weekend they brought that up in the telecast that he could have dropped up by where it went in right and at worst made a bogey walked out of there with a bogey right maybe made a par yep give you and the announcers were talking about how they've never seen anybody that has hit one where it hit land, touched land, right, and, and trickled, off, trickled the back off the back and have dropped back up there. And that's interesting that, that they just get in that mindset drop area. Right. I hit in the water, drop area. Right. And uh, I think that was a big mistake on Tiger's part for not realizing what his options were. Right. And who knows, maybe, maybe he did know his options and maybe he was just was comfortable with the drop True. area distance. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's guys that will take it back as far as they can to a certain number and mm-hmm. maybe he was just comfortable at that drop zone distance and decided to do it that way yeah who knows yep well i think that's about all we got where are we at 35 minutes so a couple shameless plugs um jordan you can start uh you can find me on facebook at coach jordan 67 or on instagram at lashoons j love of the links you can find us on YouTube. I'm pushing the YouTube channel because we're starting to record the weekly podcast, but I do a thing called the Small Bucket every day. Um, I'm on day 13 today, so I've stuck with it. Killing it. And it's two to three minutes, short, sweet, talk about whatever. Um, but check out our YouTube channel, Love of the Links. Subscribe. Uh, I've got more ideas, but I really need some some people subscribing in order to do some of the things that I want to do there. I'm, I'm going to pull a Gary here on you. That's love of the links. L-O-V-E-T-H-E-L-I-N-K-S. I mean, 
just to throw a dangler out there, carrot on a stick, some of the things I'm thinking about are having some really cool prizes to give away to the 100 subscriber or the, God forbid, we ever get to 1,000 subscribers or whatever. Right. Like, I'm talking, like, staff bags and stuff like that. So that's just dangling the carrot. Subscribe to Love of the Links. <laughs> Love of the Links. There you on go. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, check me out on Facebook. My uh, personal page is Love Dot or no Little Dot Linksters. <laughs> that's my regular Facebook page, not not personal profile. Whatever, whatever. You get it. You got it. Uh, a couple other things I put on the website. Don't know if you've seen it. Officially launching some new programs. I'm going to do some advanced uh, programs. It's a series of ten sessions weekly uh, for advanced players, ten to fifteen years old, and on Sunday evenings. I'll be out here with some of our new coaches doing that. And it doesn't start till May. Cool. There's one specific for girls, um, and then there's one for. It could be co-ed, but I have it structured for, for the boys. Meet at the same time, so we'll split into two groups. Um, also, finally launched the remote coaching. Uh, I do have to put an option on there for the remote coaching to uh, pick which coach you want to do. Okay. But basically, it's Skype, texting, emails, sharing videos, using uh, Coach, now. Coach Now, some of these other options, uh, V1, some of this other stuff. But it's a good way for us to connect with kids anywhere. Right. You need an internet connection, that's it. Cool. You don't speak English, so what? We can figure it out. Right. Because um, there's translation things that we can do. Uh, so that is out there and going. So uh, excited about that. You can you can check that stuff out on littlelinksters.com. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Love Link. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Love the Links or email us at lovelinks at gmail.com.